This autumn has been a rocky one in the automotive sector. There's yet another development. Some 4,000 United Auto Workers at Mack truck plants went on strike this week, rejecting a tentative agreement. Today, the ongoing UAW strikes and perspectives from the ground. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. To make sense of all this, I called Phoebe Wall-Howard. She covers automotive news for the Detroit Free Press. So let's start with what's going on with Mac. And just to, this gets confusing for people I know. Mac is owned by AB Volvo, a Swedish originating company. But the company situation can be a bit confusing because AB Volvo doesn't actually make the Volvo vehicles that consumers drive on the streets. Those got spun off to Ford operations some years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about Mac's truck operations in the U.S.? Mac is exclusively run by the Swedish company now, and it's separate. It's obviously the huge semi-trucks and so important for business so that when this is shut down, this hits businesses very, very hard. They are talking about what's shocking a little bit is that they had a tentative agreement uh, weeks ago. And normally, union leaders go to members, in this case, approximately 4,000, and say, we've brokered the best deal. This is what we want you to vote on. They rejected by more than 70%. And the reason it's notable to observers in the Detroit Three is that UAW president praised the Mack Trucks workers for announcing a strike and rejecting the deal and said he's proud of them for holding out for something better. The reason that's a red flag in other areas is Ford, GM, and Stellantis are saying, wait a minute, when you take a tentative agreement to your workers, they have to trust that you've worked your hardest, that you've negotiated your best deal. So it worries them that he's saying now he's proud that they've rejected this deal. They're going back to the table, but the Detroit Three worry that it's a precursor, you know, that when you get a tentative agreement, it's not guaranteed, but you would normally not have a union leader praise workers for rejecting it, saying there's more to be had. Normally, they would stay at the table and work the best deal, so they're not going back and forth. But this is affecting workers in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Florida. And again, we're watching this very closely. Mack trucks are very important. We see them on the streets every day. Right. Now, the Mack workers on strike number about 4,000. That may not sound like very much in the big picture, but I was curious if you could tell us if there are any issues overlapping in the Mack negotiations. Are wage tiers as big a deal at Mack as they are among the Detroit Three workers? Or is Mack dealing with fleet electrification in the same way that other companies are? Those are not issues that seem to be coming up in Mack trucks. They're looking primarily at hard economic issues, meaning work schedules, holiday schedules, pension, 401k, prescription drugs, and overtime, things like that. In fact, electrification is not a key issue. And also, the temporary worker issue really came about during the economic downturn, during the recession. And those opportunities were created for companies coming out of bankruptcy, where the government allowed them to create different wage tiers to try and save money. So that is sort of unique 
to the Detroit Three at this time and why it dominates those discussions. In other recent developments, auto workers who briefly went on strike at GM plants in Canada yesterday managed to reach a tentative agreement with GM. These are workers with the Canadian union Unifor. Phoebe, can you tell us exactly what happened here? This is a perfect example of what happens when a strike is effective, and that is the General Motors workers in Ontario at three different sites walked off the job at midnight. By 1.30 in the afternoon, uh, Unifor, the Canadian union representing those workers, said that a tentative agreement had been reached, that General Motors was holding out on key issues related to money and financials, wages and others, and they were thrilled to announce that movement had had been made. But the Unifor decision to immediately take to the strike line when the deadline hit and be very serious and vocal, they said they would not give way, that Ford had completed its tentative agreement and it had been ratified. Everything was fine. Unifor did not see how General Motors could justify providing less. So it looks like the uh, voters will be deciding whether the union will take this latest deal, but this is just off the presses. We'll be right back. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Phoebe, what sense do you have of what United Auto Workers members think of what's going on from the the new fronts opening up in the war to the ongoing negotiations that UAW President Sean Fain has been working on? When I go to the strike lines and I'm going, you know, just constantly at all hours because you have very different people taking shifts at two in the morning and and two in the afternoon, what's been very compelling is that The workers have told me consistently that they believe in the cause and they believe that they're doing the right thing. They do acknowledge that living on $500 a week strike pay before taxes is very, very difficult and very stressful. But they do think that being on the strike line together, that this is the time to make the gains. They feel like post-corruption, the UAW leadership is really standing strong to make the gains that have been lost in recent years. The companies acknowledge gains do need to be made in public and behind the scenes. Every day they're pushing for more and they're getting more. However, every day we're seeing supply chain effects with the strikes. So the companies are announcing layoffs as the strikers continue because you don't have parts and supplies coming. Another issue of concern is you have people who need to get auto repairs and these parts warehouses for General Motors and Stellantis, which of course is Jeep, Chrysler, Dodge, you know, those are in Ram trucks. 
you can't get the parts. So people seeking repairs will be feeling this. There are strong supplies on many lots. So this is not affecting car purchasing yet, but this is a major disruption. And I'd like to remind people half the strikers, we see half what we saw in 2019. So this is a strategic strike by the UAW. It is a campaign. Far fewer people are on strike now than in the past. And they're trying to be strategic, hurt the companies where they can, but not hurt them in places like truck production. That hasn't been done. Phoebe, I've been reading in the Freep that a lot has changed in how the automakers communicate publicly during the course of the negotiation, that there's more taking a case to the public and just a lot more information available about what's going on among Ford, GM, and Stellantis's positions at the bargaining table. I just wanted to ask, I mean, do you notice a difference in terms of what information is publicly accessible these days in real time? Not only is more information accessible in real time from both the UAW and the car makers, they have websites and list great detail and charts and pictures, but what I hear on the strike lines is that workers actually are comforted by the daily and weekly updates, that they like to see the information. Now, the downside to that is that you have updates on what's being negotiated But at times, that can be misleading. You may hear about a big wage increase being discussed, but those wage increases may need to be traded for big pension increases as negotiations continue. That's why some old-school negotiators find the public portrayal and the transparency somewhat frustrating because the gains are often traded for different gains as days go by. Things can look very different. Trying to capture movement for retirees is very important, but that means sacrificing things for people today in the workplace. When I talked to a General Motors retiree in Arlington, Texas, he called me this week and said that you know, he finds this all devastating, that he feels like he worked his entire life for General Motors. He said, Phoebe, what are the odds that I might see a little something, that I'm getting $2,000 a month, including Social Security? And he said, I just, I haven't had an increase in memory. And it's hard. And I struggle. And I just said to him, you've just got to watch day by day. I can't offer you encouragement, but I ask that you not be discouraged because everything is changing. Phoebe Wall-Howard. You can read her stories and more free press strike and industry coverage at Freep.com. Phoebe, thank you. Thank you. And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. She's also our podcast editor. Other producers on Stateside are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabensag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our intern is Olivia Meradian. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music for the show comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thanks for being with us today. We'll have more for you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.